What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am joined again by my guy, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What is up, buddy? Dude, we are... This is this is our second to last show before week one of the yeah. NFL season begins. This is insane Insanity. that we are less... We are, we are just over one week away from NFL kickoff, and... I mean, they don't call this show straight shove for nothing. No, they don't. I almost knocked over my table, man, because I'm so excited. This is craziness. We made it. The offseason grind, all that work and preparation that we put in for, for the listeners, for the followers of Headliner Nation. I mean, good Lord, man. I, I almost need a vacation, but we're just getting geared up, man, because the season's starting. I'm, I'm getting excited. I can't wait. My bills, man. High expectations. High expectations. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got, and it's funny because everyone, every fan comes into the, you know, the new season with all these hopes and aspirations and dreams and just, you know what, damn it, this is the year. Mm. And then shit goes south and then, you know, you kind of figure out what may or may not happen, or at least that's, that was my case last year with my Patriots. But the one thing that we have to look forward to where, you know, the season is getting closer is good old cut day mm. where the NFL teams have to have their rosters cut down to 53 players. And we saw a boatload of big names and not so big names trying to find new homes for this season. Oh man, ain't that the truth? Well, my head was like going to fall off when all the transactions, it was like 4 p.m. Eastern time. And then my head was like, oh my God, there's so many players. So man, we got a jam-packed show for everybody. I know your fantasy drafts. I mean, you've, you've a lot of people have done them already, but this is how we got to educate the folks just in case you guys missed it. But I mean, we got to dive back to uh, two things before we dive into roster cut down day. And that happened, I believe on the Thursday, Friday, the last week of the preseason First one is J.K. Dobbins, man. We we need to touch on this because it mm. happened on Thursday. Oh, this sucks, man. When he took that shot, everyone had the gasp. I mean, he was um, helped off the field with the trainers and, and another player. Then eventually he was carted off the field. Everybody knows what happened now. Torn ACL out for the season. He has been placed on mm -hmm. IR, which has now ended his season. I mean, this sucks, man. Straight up. He was one of my biggest. I was one of his biggest fans for this season because I truly believe that it was going to be lights out Dobbins show, even though, you know, everyone's saying Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, were going to eat into that. I seriously still thought it was 1100 to 1150 and you're looking 10 touchdowns, 35, 40 receptions. That's where I was going with JK. And now I'm kind of sad. Yeah, he was definitely in my top you know, top 15, top 16 for running backs this year. I, I was more concerned about Lamar than, than Gus Edwards, but you know, now that this injury has occurred, I will say this for JK long-term you have him in dynasty. Don't sell him. Like he, he definitely can come back from this injury. So if you have him in dynasty sit tight, or if you don't have him in dynasty, this is a really good buy low situation for you. I know I personally have him in a dynasty league and I'm just, I'm staying put for redraft though. This is a great opportunity to buy low on Gus Edwards, especially if you, number one, have already had your draft or if you're going to be having your draft the next few days. Gus Edwards has top 20, top 22 potential here. He could easily be a low-end RB2 for you for this season. Absolutely. And I mean, his his ceiling to me could be around 18, even creeping into like 16-ish, depending on how they utilize it, if they don't add more running backs to this room. So like that, I mean, right now, my question is, are they going to add more? And I've been thinking about this over and over again. 
you know, you still got Le'Veon Bell. You still got Todd Gurley out on the street. Mm -hmm. I know they said they're not really looking at Todd Gurley at the moment, but they already had him in for a visit, if you remember, a couple weeks ago. And, I mean, he left, obviously, without a contract, but now you're going with this Tyson William kids undra kid, undrafted rookie free agent, Justice Hill. I mean, uh, this Tyson kid already jumped Hill, uh, apparently, on the depth chart. I mean, you got to think they they're going to entertain adding somebody. I think they will. Uh, I don't think Todd Gurley is the answer, though, and I say that just because, I mean, since his you know arthritic knee issues going back to the Rams, you know, things did not work out. Uh, last year with with Atlanta, I don't know really what else he has left in their tank. But a name that I'm looking at here is Le'Veon Bell. The guy's still young. He's still in his mid to late twenties. He still has something left in the tank, and he's much healthier than than what a Todd Gurley has been. Uh, another name that kind of got thrown around was Duke Johnson, but I feel mm -hmm. like they already have that Duke Johnson type in, in Justice Hill. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, if I'm looking to get a, a replacement just from a one year deal, I'm I'm reaching out to you know Le'Veon Bell and seeing what he's going to do. Yeah, I don't mind that either. And I mean, another couple guys that they did get released, we'll touch base as we get uh, down the list. But I mean, the other thing I was thinking about today also is, does this force Lamar to pass more? And I mean, this sucks even more for the Ravens because now you lost Bateman and you, you had injuries to Hollywood. I mean, but to, if they come back healthy within like, I don't know, week two, three, four, you know, when they're kind of going full steam, do you think, man, this has to be uh, Lamar maybe passing more to get this team to win more? I mean, because really Gus Edwards as a as a true RB one, 220 to 250 carries. I mean, that's a big workload for Gus Edwards, man. It is, especially for somebody that's not used to handling that kind of workload. Right. I don't think he's somebody that can actually do it. He is going to need some help. Um, and so I do think Lamar is either, well, either Lamar is going to revert back to hit, you know, that second half of the rookie season where he just went ham and ran the ball all over the place, mm. or he is going to rely a little bit more on his passing targets. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit more of that rushing Lamar. Oh man. That means fantasy value, man. And, and this is the thing, because I, I know you love your running quarterbacks and I'm all for it, but it, like, Man, does this scare you for Lamar getting hurt? I mean, every time I, I think about that man taking off and running even more than he already has, I'm like, man, RG3 just creeps in the back of my mind. And it's like, you're taking a very big risk. I, I think more so than guys like Josh Allen, because they they mm -hmm. run, but they don't run as much. And they're not, I don't want to call Lamar careless. I'm not trying to say that, but he doesn't protect himself enough when he is in the open field running the ball. And that's kind of what scares me the most. I think he does. I think he definitely takes care of the ball a little bit more in himself, more so than RG3 did. Sure, absolutely. Um, RG3 was just a, a maniac in the open field, like when he was out there. That's right. Um, and also the big difference, though, is Josh Allen is a big body dude. Lamar Jackson is still a pretty slim framed guy. Mm -hmm. So that's what concerns me there. Um, but again, you know, Gus Edwards, he can he can certainly do it. But I do think if they bring in somebody else to help lighten the load, it'll help. But Lamar Jackson may be sitting back in that pocket a little bit more than he would like. Yeah, no doubt, man. And I mean, so everybody on the fantasy watch, Tyson Williams is the name that you want to watch. Apparently, he has jumped Mr. Justice Hill. And I mean, we'll see, man. Maybe it's going to be a two-headed monster of these two that we really don't expect. And they, they've, man, they're still going to run, man. It's going to be 500-plus carries again. So get your popcorn ready. 
Man, next one, man. Jameis Winston. He wins the starting role for the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. and we were hoping this was going to happen. I know it again. It already happened on the weekend. We got to touch base with this because this was everything of my opinion that was predicated upon leaving Saints players off my fantasy roster. Now everything has changed. It's glorious again. We can smile and breathe because now we have a quarterback who can get the ball down the field with some efficiency. And now Alvin Kamara is back in the conversation. Top dog. You got uh, Callaway now. I mean, Michael Thomas. I mean, we could discuss that a little bit, too. I mean, he's on the pop. He's not going to come back till week six. So, I mean, this this bodes everything to your argument where you were saying that you were comfortable taking uh, Kamara as the top running back in this in this year's fantasy drafts. I mean, everything's shaping up for that point of yours to be a gold mine. Yeah. So Winston's going to be the starting quarterback. Thomas is going to miss at least five games this year. And in the games that Alvin Kamara played last year without Michael Thomas, and I understand that the the last game of the season, the second last game of the season was that breakout is insane game by Kamara that made a lot of fantasy owners, myself included, lose their championship matchups or Mm -hmm. on the flip side, win their championship matchups in fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that's going to kind of, you know, inflate these numbers a little bit, but just to break it down on how he played without Thomas in the lineup in the eight games last year that Kamara played when Thomas was out, Alma Kamara averaged 31 PPR points, seven receptions, nine targets, 70 receiving yards, 13 and a half rushing attempts, uh, just over a touchdown a game and 79 rushing yards per game. I mean, those right there, that's 100% more than without than with Thomas in the lineup in every single category. Mm-hmm. So am I saying that he's going to repeat those numbers again? Of course not. That's, that's the absolute ceiling because you had that one outlier game. But I am saying this. No more Emmanuel Sanders in, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. With Michael Thomas out, there are very few receiving options there, especially with Adam Troutman being injured as well. Who else is going to get the ball but Alvin Kamara for that first five, six games of the season? So, yeah, if I have the number one overall pick, he's honestly, he's still my RB1 right now. Wow. And, and I mean, the points are there and they're valid because Marquez, Cal- Marquez Marquez Callaway, I mean, okay, he looked good, but is he a true yeah. typical number one wide receiver going up against true number one defensive backs? And how is that going to come to fruition week in, week out? Still to be seen. We don't know. But, I mean, I'm going with the, the safer bet in how you're even putting it with Alvin Kamara because, I mean, that's PPR money. You know that they're going to try to go downfield to try to limit the stacked boxes, but, I mean, it's going to be a Kamara every single day show, and, and I'm all for it because he's going to eat up those PPR points. Absolutely. And and don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not going to fault you if you want to go with with CMC or sure. Dalvin Cook, you know, over over somebody like a Camara. I mean, abs- absolutely. For me personally, it's just personal preference that I believe that much in Camara and what he can do for this offense, because he is going to be the offense for the first six games of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think it's absolutely glorious. Thank you, Mr. Sean Payton, for doing the right thing. A lot of these coaches aren't doing the right thing. Mr. Nagy, I'm pointing at you, man. Mr. Nagy of Chicago. What are you doing, buddy? I don't like it. Anyway, let's move on. Butthead. <laughs> you butthead. You want to move on to some, uh, let's do some roster cuts, man. We got a ton of them, and we got to start with your boy, with your team, because there's a lot of shit going on in New England Patriot land right now, including Chris auctioning off his Cam Newton jersey. Uh, it's going to be on Twitter, I believe, tomorrow. Is, is that what you're doing? And, you know, to 
to sweeten the pot a little bit, I'm going to personally autograph said jersey. Nice. <laughs> yeah, who cares about Cam's autograph, man? This is Chris Kennedy autographed Cam Newton jersey. I love it, man. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna, the autograph is going to read, you know, to have my signature. And then in quotations, it's going to say to Chouse F your beer. (laughs) Because I lost our bet. See, see how this works, man. You can't, (laughs) you can't lose humbly. Come on, man. Come on. This was a good bet. I told you, you never listen to me. You don't listen enough. It was, it was a very good bet. And I'll be the first one to admit that I was. Very, very wrong. <laughs> you know what, though? You know what, though? I didn't. We'll, we'll jump into this, obviously, because it is what happens. Cam Newton gets released by the New England Patriots. Mac Money Jones, he wins the QB battle. But I mean, what? I, I really didn't believe that they were going to actually release Cam Newton. So we, we right. kind of talked about this pre-show just a little bit. And I mean, this is crazy to me that, that Bill Belichick would just outright drop the hammer and say, okay, you're done with us all together. So what is it, man? Is it a Belichick thing? And I mean, I don't want to make this a vaccination argument, but I mean, is that part of the problem or is this just, you know, Cam not wanting to be the backup? I mean, there's so many moving parts here, right? I think it's a little bit of everything to be honest with you, because last season, all we heard was how amazing of a locker room guy and teammate Cam Newton was um, I do also just think it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of that player mentality, that player ego where they don't want to be a backup. They want to be the guy and cam still feels like he can be a starting quarterback in this league. Um, I'm also going to go under the presumption that he's not vaccinated. And so I do think that may have factored into some of the decisions as well, because there was a lot of growing frustration within the organization, you know, about, well, if he tests positive or this, this or that happens, you know, you know, he's not going to be able to play, you know, we're going to have to find some, you know, get Mac in there on, on short notice. Mm -hmm. And the other thing with the Patriots is that they never roster more than two quarterbacks. So with cam being let go, you know, Jared Stidham's on, on the pup, he's going to miss the first six games of the season. They released Brian Hoyer today, which they now expect to resign him. So it sounds like if it's going forward, it's going to be Jones and Hoyer as the one and two. And then when Stidham comes back, they very well could, you know, go ahead and release Hoyer for like the 85th time in his career. But I mean, yeah, right, right now, obviously Mac is Mac is the guy. And if you're Cam Newton, where, where do you go from here? To be honest with you, because right now there's no situation, regardless of what some people on Twitter think, there's no situation where Cam Newton is a starting quarterback in the NFL that that shoulder has not been the same since he tore his rotator cuff back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And Charles, you and I talked about it. You know, we've talked about it in the group chat with Jake and Kyle that his his throwing mechanics are just not the same. He's not the same player, unfortunately. And as he gets older, he can't rely on his legs like he did five, six years ago. Yeah, it's insane. What's good. And that's the thing. So everyone, you know, you see the Twitter warriors out there saying, you know, trying the utmost support for Cam Newton and his abilities. Let's let's take that all out, man, for a second and just be realistic on the guy, because I was a cam supporter. I liked his game. I think everybody who watched him liked how he took part and played the game. He was he was a beast. And and and. Mm -hmm. The way he played, like you said, this big body guy just taking punishment week in, week out. It was everything to do with that uh, shoulder injury. And and you can see, I even put a, a tweet out today talking about it, saying 
He hasn't been the same. And how you can uh, visibly see that is how his throwing motion has been so completely altered. And we've talked about this on the shows before uh, in the past, that his, his throwing mechanics are so off and they, they don't even resemble anything of what they were in the past. This is why he's struggling. He is trying to continue to be, he was never the the most elite passer. I mean, did he ever go over 4,000 yards? I don't think so. I think it was like 3,500, maybe 3,600 yards. Yeah, and then he's, you know, he threw in like 900, you know, rushing yards and like eight rushing touchdowns. Exactly. So, I mean, that's my point. So even if he isn't the most fleet and nimble throwing uh, through the air, he was able to make up for it with playmaking ability in his feet. But I mean, he legit cannot get that ball anywhere past 20 yards accurately anymore. And and it's 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 no fault. And people say like me, I'm saying he's washed, but it comes with stipulation. He's washed due to injury. That's different than a guy just continuing to play while he's still being washed. Cam has the mentality that he could still go out and play every week. I, I don't question that at all. It's just his body's failing him. And, and, that, and that's just life in the NFL, man. It's, it's unfortunate. And like you said, what's next for Cam? I have no bloody clue because I was trying to figure that out as well. He might just have to bite his pride and, and take a backup role with the hopes that he potentially gets back on the field and maybe more rest helps that throwing arm. I, I don't know anymore. Yeah. And, and with the injuries he's had, you know, great. He's only 32 years old. Like he's still a young guy for a quarterback, Yep. but if he's not willing to take a backup role, then the only other option I think is retirement. Basically, man, that's a, that's, that's all where we're at. What are the, what are you, here we go. Roster implications for your new England Patriots. Now this is, this is good stuff because now the entire mm-hmm. dynamic of this offense changes and it's with Mac mm-hmm. Jones I, I love this conversation more than more, more than most because team dynamics to me is what is what gets me to rise my chub to increase because now you get to you, you get to predict and, and this is what what do we do with Harris what do we do with Ramondre who's going to be your leading receiver because you know Mac can get them the ball all over the field he's proven it you can even go deep now Chris you got the deep ball where are you where, what are you doing here with this roster right now all right so Damian Harris becomes an RB2 for me because Cam Newton handled 75% of all touches inside the 10-yard line last year. So now Damian Harris is going to get a good number of those touches. I'm not saying he's going to get all of them because I do think Ramondre Stevenson is going to get a good amount as well. Mm -hmm. But with the rushing yards that Harris had last year, he could have been an RB2 if he had just had that touchdown upside with him. But now he does have that. And I think top 25, top 24 for him is absolutely within question. Um, we could see some more checkdowns with, with James White. Stevenson, it's going to be a little bit interesting because I do think an injury is going to have to con- happen for Stevenson to get the touches to be fantasy relevant. You so think I think so, that's hey? what's going to happen. I, I do just because I think Damian Harris is, is the guy, you know, I think that he's going to be the 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 most fantasy relevant running back out of that room because let's be honest bill belichick has never really had a feature running back before so you know who's to think that he's going to have one this year probably not but is stevenson going to get enough of a workload to be a viable fantasy starter i don't think he is compared to what damian harris could be yeah no fair enough and and i mean I really want to dissect this one because for me, it's it's the Sony Michelle effect as well with Sony no longer on the club. Now, Ramondre is kind of this guy who is that dual threat a little bit. I mean, he's got better hands, I think, than Harris would have not to say Harris can't catch. But I'm saying for me, 
if I'm choosing between the two to be a pass catcher at any point in a ball game, I, I would probably mm-hmm. lean toward Ramondre just a little bit more. But I do agree with you. I think that James White is going to get his role back. I think that's kind of what it's. Uh, you don't have sexy Rexy there anymore. You know, vulturing all his damn PPR upside and and taking away the touchdowns. I think we see James right. White. Uh, going back to what like the Atlanta Super Bowl days I think that's kind of the James White we may see and I mean he's he's virtually going undrafted in a lot of leagues right now and you could get James White on the bargain basement dollar and I'm all for it too but then now you have to understand again it's a three-headed monster so who's going to be used when I agree that it's going to be Harris a majority of the time but as the year starts to go on it's about trust with Bill Belichick we know this he's has to trust his running backs ball security issues if he doesn't have any then we'll start to see him move up the trend a little bit and maybe i'm wrong maybe even week one it's a 50 50 split and and ramondre even takes more goal line who the hell knows but i i mean i think I, I'm, I'm struggling right now to to place acceptable fantasy viability value on ramondre but i'm 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 so terrified to miss this point that i'm i'm mm-hmm. leaving him on the waiver wire and someone else is going to snag him uh, out of my hands and it it's a little bit tougher for me because i'm gonna the, a lot of the leagues that i'm in especially my home league is with a bunch of Patriots homers. So I know someone's going to most likely grab him with like the last pick of the draft, just hoping that he hits mm-hmm. and then it may, it may very well may come back to bite me in the butt. But I will say this. I do think that Harris is still the guy. And then at the receiver position, I don't, I think the rapport between he and Jacoby Myers is going to have to improve a little bit more, but it definitely helps Nelson Aguilar a lot more, especially with that deep ball with Mac Jones being one of the most accurate deep ball throwers in college football last year. Preach that up, man. See the people forget. They don't remember what was actually done. Yes. Mac Jones does the short to intermediate balls extremely well, but he can go deep and he was extremely successful deep with a guy named Jalen Waddle who can run really, really fast. Let me tell you. And he never had Jalen slow up. Think about that for a minute. When you're always leading your wide receiver, especially a speedy wide receiver, that means he's throwing the ball before you're even at your point. He knows where that ball needs to be. He's an intelligent, uh, intelligent kid, man. I'm, I'm yeah. as much as it pains me to say, I, 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 I like him so much. I hate that he's on your freaking team, man. I hate it. And I also want to point out the one big difference between Cam and and Mac this preseason is that Mac actually threw his receivers open. Mm. Like he would actually make the throws. There were there were a few throws that I saw of his where there was great coverage on the defense, but he would throw it to the back shoulder to make sure his receiver became open at the last second. And Cam was kind of the guy to kind of just kind of force it in there a little bit. And that was one of the big differences for me was just that ability at such a young age to have that anticipation and that high football IQ to mm-hmm. make those decisions. Yeah, that instinct is, is next level, man. No kidding. And uh, man, you know, someone I, I saw, I can't remember who said it, but it was on Twitter on a thing saying somebody uh, just put the, the Buffalo Bills on notice with Mac Jones being the quarterback. And I'm like, you can take that and stuff it right now because this is our time. You stay away from our time. Okay. You've had enough. It's been 20 years. It's my time. Let, let's let's also pump the brakes on the Patriots, like making any sort of crazy Absolutely. noise this year because, because it's still the Bills division and the Patriots, like with Mac Jones at quarterback, that doesn't solve all of our problems, okay? 
Stephon Gilmore is going to miss the first six weeks of the season, which leaves us with JC Jackson, who I love, and Jalen Mills, who's uh, uh, okay, maybe we'll see. No, but the Patriots no. have a lot of other holes, you know, on their team, like the fact that they don't have a legit wide receiver one or wide receiver two, borderline wide receiver three. Yeah. So let's let's pump the brakes on the Patriots maybe having this breakout season before something actually happens. Yeah, I think I think they'll be competitive enough, but I'm still you know what you you guys are building in the right direction and I mean we'll see what happens again. Let's yeah. continue down this damn motherboard, man. This thing is huge. This list of notable names. I'm not going to go through everything because I'll let you guys uh the listeners and and everybody peruse those on your own uh time because I just don't have it, man. There's just too many of it. And, and I'll just do the notable names so that we can discuss it as we want. If we want, if you say the hell with this guy, mm-hmm. he deserved to be cut. Go for it. Say that, man. This is this is what we're here for. If oh, not. OK. All right. <laughs> let's do this. You know, let's just be that way. Right. Let's start with Carolina, man. Reggie Bonifon. He he gets cut today. And I mean, it was a uh, very injury injury uh, rattled. But I mean, this opens yeah. the door for for Chuba, man. Huge, in my opinion, in this offense. I was I was just going to say this absolutely is the great news for for Hubbard and the confidence that Carolina has in this rookie running back for them to move on from, you know, from Bonifan, who, like you said, had, you know, had his injury concerns. Um, but I think that definitely could bring him into, you know, I think when I redid my rankings, you know, after all this news broke out, I moved Hubbard up to my RB 52 RB 53, you know, so I have him right around the same range as Rashad Penny, Carlos Hyde, and even your boy, Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, see, and I mean, I think it's, it's, it's right placement. It's good value, but that definitely opens the door for Chuba to get some work, man. Chicago, they do a number of moves. Daz Newsome gets waived. Uh, I'm I'm shocked at that one. I mean, this year's rookie, I believe, what was a sixth round, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, he broke his collarbone, and this is a practice squad move. I, I, I totally written all over it. But I mean, if you're the GM, I believe his name is uh, Pace. If you literally are willing to bet on making this move, and another team claims him, I hope another team claims him for you doing a stupidity move like this because Daz Newsom is a player, and and he's got boatloads of talent along with Riley Ridley and Desmond Trufant, who they also released. And and this mm. one with Desmond Trufant, I, I did not like because um, it kind of goes into the integrity category, Chris, because his dad passed away uh, a couple weeks ago, and he. Was went to go be with it or he his dad was sick i believe then he passed away a few days after he he got there but i mean he's been away from the club for a couple weeks because of that and they cut him i'm like that is such a bad look man all in all i mean i get it he wasn't there you got to make your roster but be better be better well especially with with a a veteran like him like you you just think you give him the benefit of the doubt and if you have to release him you know during the season then yeah you release him during the season but yeah that was that was not not a good look don't like the Chicago uh, management right now whatsoever. Denver Broncos, they release Seth Williams. Constant underachiever, man. What the hell is up with Seth Williams? I mean, I also think that they just have so many other options right now that there just wasn't, there wasn't a place for him. I mean, he's a guy who maybe could latch on somewhere else, but they just have enough depth, you know, between, I mean, obviously after the, the top two with, with Sutton and Judy, you know, they have Hamler, they have Patrick, they have the other weapons. They, they have guys at tight end. Seth Williams just 
hasn't been able to make it happen, unfortunately. Yeah, it's unreal, man. He had so much potential. I was I was rooting for him, man. You know what it was? It was the effort and and willingness to play, and maybe that showed out in his game. Houston, they released Kiki. Do you love me? And and he's gone, man. I mean, here you go. Everybody in Houston apparently is on the trade block, with exception of Deshaun Watson, apparently, and and they're just giving Kiki to the free market, man. What's up with that? That was interesting. Um, like their, their wide receiver too. You're just going to let him go. And I, I mean, I mean, it's good news for Nico Collins. You know, it gives Nico Collins a little bit more playing time. Yeah. Um, but outside of Brandon Cooks, they have nobody. I mean, their, their, their running back is going to be a situation as a running back by committee. So who knows who's going to get the majority of the touches there? Like you said, uh, with Deshaun Watson, he's most likely going to be inactive every single game. So this is a team that's going to be fighting with the Detroit Lions for the number one overall pick next year. <laughs> I, I just don't understand what's going on. And this this Houston team, they are the new standard of dysfunction. And I don't know what Bill O'Brien did in that building. Um, it's just it's just playing havoc, man, still today. Like it's not even see this even baffles me even more with Kiki, because I mean, it's not like Anthony Miller's coming back anytime soon. So. What the hell is going on in this Houston wide receiver room? Are they just going to run the ball and throw the ball with all the running backs this year? Like, this is kind of what I'm thinking they might do. I mean, I, I know that Bill O'Brien is still alive, but the ghost of him is still looming through that stadium. Haunting, haunting them, haunting Kansas City, man. They draw my boy and I am very sad. And it is Cornell Powell. I had so many expectations for this man. He was showing out in camp, but you know what? They have so many other needs that they needed to fill. And this is the one thing I want to put the caveat on, on roster cut down day. It doesn't necessarily mean the player wasn't good. And that's why we see certain players leave and go elsewhere and be very good. It's just because it doesn't fit for the roster construction as it stands today. But this is another practice squad potential move that Andy Reid is trying to do. So if he clears waivers, he will definitely be on the chiefs practice squad. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had high expectations, Chris. This one makes me sad. I know this one. This one hurt you really, really deeply. This was your guy. So and and who knows? Maybe he will end up on the practice squad. I know a lot of these moves are that, you know, they were they they get cut and then they get brought back the very next you know few days. So let's let's wait and see what happens. But hopefully he can latch on someplace and get some playing time. You know, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. The Bills will pick him up and put him on his their, their practice squad. And then everything comes to fruition for my life. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. And then I'll have my beer. I'll have my beers to drink with it and, and everything will be good, right? All right. So this is this is what's going to happen. When you get your 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 beers, <laughs> the first one you have, we're going to have a Zoom meeting and we're going to cheers each other and we're going to so that I can enjoy your your winning beer with you. Look at Deal? this guy. This is why we're buddies because he's just all class all day long. Moving on to the Lions. And man. I won't be wearing a shirt. Oh, that's well, the deal. Oh, man. I don't know if I want if I like that deal. <laughs> Again, we talked about this hamburger meat coming out of your shirt, man. It just it doesn't it doesn't go well here, man. You just cover it up. Man. That's why I'm wearing a crew neck T-shirt. So exactly. you can't see Co- any, cover like, it anything. up, man. It's not like a you know, you got a brace like a dog to scrub it off, man. Like, come on. I know we're only audio, but this is a family show. So I'm trying to class it up. Yeah, class it up, class it up a little bit. The, the Detroit Lions, man, they dropped Brashard Perryman. I am not surprised one bit because I was preaching this up all offseason. My guys are Amon Ra and Quintez Cephas. I and I mean, even with Tyrell Williams, he is already. Say, in what the, about yeah? He's already in the medical the room. 
I told you the gazelle's already in the medical room, man. His hooves are off, man. They they just they don't work anymore. Okay, <laughs> he he can't do it. So this is this these were my guys. I mean, Amon Ron Quintez, Rashad Perryman. Okay, everyone wanted him to be this guy. There was boatload of potential speed, etc. I mean, outside of Tampa Bay with uh, I mean, uh, Jameis Winston, I believe it was. There there really isn't a whole heck of a body, a huge body of work to get excited about. You know what's crazy with both of those guys with. Amon Ra, he's getting drafted at the end of the 21st round. And Cephas, not even drafted right now. Absolutely. Not even being drafted. So those are two guys you get at the very end, the very last round of your draft, and hope it pays off because outside of TJ Hawkinson, where else are they going to throw the ball? Thank you. There is nowhere to throw that ball. Exactly. Quintez, I believe, I think I saw was like rank 91. So, I mean, if that one hits and I've been preaching this up since like June, I'm taking another victory lap like I did with Mac Jones because that shit is glory, man. I find the diamonds. I've got right now. I have uh, Amon Ra as my wide receiver 76 and Quintez as my wide receiver 80. See what I'm saying, man? That's value for days. You know what? Amon yep. Ra, to me, I think might be the the safer one early on. But, man, the catches Quintez was making, I mean, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Las Vegas Raiders, man. Smoke John Brown. He asks for a release Ooh. today. Did you see this? So I was, I was going through the list, and all of a sudden his name pops. I'm like, what the hell is Smoke doing? But apparently he just didn't want to be on the team because they weren't utilizing him the way that he thought that they should. I did see that. And it makes, I mean, I guess it makes sense because, you know, when you have somebody like Derek Carr, you know, John Brown's a speedster, you know, you want Smokey to get there and get that deep ball. And ever since Amari Cooper left the Raiders, it seems like that deep ball for Derek Carr has just kind of disappeared a little bit, but hopefully with the, you know, with the addition of Henry Ruggs, maybe he can get some of that back. Who knows? But I do think that right now, you know, with, with John Brown leaving the team, um, it's definitely obviously going to help all the receivers. I'm really hoping that maybe Brian Edwards can finally come through this year. Mm. I know last year was just, it was, a, a, I think 2020 was an anomaly. Sure. So I'm going to chalk it up to COVID. Uh, but I would love to see Brian Edwards come through. As far as Smokey's concerned, though, where do you think he could end up? Where does, he, where does he want to play? That's the thing. I don't know. And I mean, he could have options and he still had wheels. His issue in Buffalo, especially in his entire career, was injuries. I mean, uh, really, Baltimore was the only place he really stayed upright the whole year. And I mean, I don't know. It's a tough one, man. I mean, it's such a saturated market for wide receivers at this point. And maybe he's got to wait for an injury to transpire. And and then he yeah. he hooks up somewhere. Maybe, maybe even San Francisco. I don't hate him there, man. They kind of need some more speed depth that would go deep. And that would that would alleviate a lot of stacked boxes. I actually wouldn't mind him. Hey, uh, Kyle Shanahan, go, go call up Smoke Brown. And if it weren't for those injuries in Buffalo that he had, we may not be talking about our boy, you know, Gabriel Davis all season long. So Very you know, true. there's, there's a silver lining and everything. See how it goes. See how everything works out, man. Minnesota. They dropped two young rookies. Wap failure. My guy Wap. They, they got rid of him, and I'm, I'm upset because Wap was okay, another that, one of these guys. Isn't, wasn't that like a, a Cardi B song? Wap. <laughs> Man, this I, is can, a, I can sing the song. This is a want. family show, man. My bad. My you know, bad. you know, tone it down a little today, man. You know, put the drinks away and just tone it down. Wop failure, man. This guy's named after his nickname comes from Burger King Whoppers. Don't you know this? I love Whoppers. See what I'm saying? How can you not? Like I also this love guy? anything that is going to increase my 
my calorie count and, you know, sodium and saturated fat and cholesterol and all that good stuff. Yeah. And, and somehow you lose five pounds after you have those meals. I just I still don't understand. We'll just sidestep everything that just happened right there because I don't even know what's going on. Miami has dropped uh, Jared Dokes, Isaiah Ford, and Broderick McKinley. I am so crazy with this one. He goes from the Texans over to Miami. I really don't understand, man. Mm-hmm. In a three-four system, McKinley uh, McKinney is just—he's a beast, and and he could still rush the passer. Why the hell is Miami cutting this guy? That's thing I don't understand because their defense is still up and coming. Like I'd love for them to just have that depth on the defensive side of the ball, just because of all the injuries that are going to be occurring throughout the season. And he showed promise in Houston. So I got really excited about him. So I was very surprised when I saw that Miami let him go. Yeah. I don't understand some of these moves that were made. I mean, Isaiah Ford, I get it. You know, you have a, a similar skill set in uh, Jakeem Grant. But I mean, Dokes, too. There were some people that were high up on Dokes. We got some listeners. Uh, they were asking for some scouting reports on Headliner U for Dokes. I mean, this is kind of interesting. I mean, he th- this has to be practice squad related as well. I mean, he was, what, a seventh round pick? Some were saying, uh, you know, he could have been undrafted. But this goes to show you that it's Gaskin, Salvon, and, and Brown being the main dogs. And they're comfortable going with those three. Yeah, and when I saw that cut, I, you know, again, in our in our group chat, you were the first one to just just completely just all caps Savan Ahmed. <laughs> <laughs> my support is unrelenting. I can't stop, man. Ahmed is my guy. The New Orleans Saints, man, they released Devontae Freeman. Are we shocked, man? Remember that stupid crap that they were talking about before is like Latavius Murray might not be on this roster because Devontae Freeman is now competing. And we're like, get the hell out of here. Where's my GTFO gif, man? Because that's that's what exactly. I exactly. Yeah, the day that that uh, Freeman outperforms Murray and gets a roster spot over from this. This isn't like four years ago, guys. Okay. Let's, let's settle down, settle down and pump the damn brakes. The New York jets. They drop Kenny Yaboa, another practice squad move rookie uh, potential sensation. I, I like him. He's raw. He's like David Njoku esque, but I mean, this is not a good day for my guys. Chris, help me out here. Let me save some face for God damn it. Like, I know what they, do they, I do? they I dropped, know? they, they dropped your boy. See what I did there? Your boy. Boom. <laughs> You're having too much fun with this, man. The Philadelphia Eagles, they are the big names, uh, Travis Fulgham, John Hightower and Jordan Howard. Why the hell? Number one, can Jordan Howard stick with a club is beyond me. I, I, I 26 years old, uh, almost a three time three, uh, 1000 yard rusher in this league. He just, he can't do it. Nobody gives him the rock anymore. I don't know what his problem is. And Travis Fulgham, Chris, I mean, he was the next best thing next to sliced bread. And then now all of a sudden he's, he's looking for work. Oh, well, let's touch on Fulgham first. He was leading the team in receiving yards for, for the season. And then the last like four or five games of the season, he just completely disappeared, became an absolute, you know, nothing. And with Jordan Howard, it just seems like he's just a journeyman, like second string, you know, complimentary back. Because for whatever reason, teams do not trust him to carry the full workload. I think the best opportunity he had, a little bit in Philly, a little bit in Chicago, but that was really kind of it. And like you said, he's 26 years old. The man's still got a good three years left in him to make something happen. 
See, and, and then look at these stats because I tweeted this out too because I'm so confused. It's, it's baffling, man. 2016, he had 252 for 13, 13, and six touchdowns. 2017, 276, 11, 22, and nine touchdowns. 2018, 250, 935, and nine touchdowns. Those are all with Chicago. Chicago gets rid of him, throws him to Philadelphia. He goes to Philly, 119 for 525 and six touchdowns. Then it was Miami and Philadelphia mixed in 2020. It's 35 carries for 60 yards and four touchdowns. What the hell, man? You go from 276 all the way down to 35 carries within two years? Explain. All right. So the first three years of his NFL career, super healthy. Okay. He missed one game in his first three years in the league with Chicago and then goes to Philly, plays 10 games. All right. Then between Philly and Miami, he played seven games in 2020. So the injuries have kind of, you know, gotten him, you know, over the last couple of seasons, but if this guy can stay healthy, he's shown that he can touch, you know, rush for at least 250 attempts. And he can also get you about 30 to 35 targets a season as well. So he can do it both, not just as a running back, but also as a receiving back as well. See what I'm saying? And at 26, it's not like we're talking about a 31 year old running back here. He's 26. And, and the carries have just been like diminishing year after year. I mean, I just, this, this smells like Baltimore, man. Do you, do you smell Baltimore with me on this one? Because it could be Gus and, and, and Howard show. If that's the case, I would not want to be a Gus Edwards fantasy owner. Cause I do think Howard would absolutely eat into that production, but from a, a, you know, real fan, real football standpoint, I think that would be a brilliant move for Baltimore because that gives them a guy that can really handle the workload that they may not want to completely give over to Gus Edwards just yet. Yeah. And they're kind of built similarly. They're bigger type of backs. I get it. You know, they're not breakaway speedsters, but that gives you, that gives you like another Mark Ingram on the field uh, for this offense that you had. And now you can utilize that. I, I think Jordan Howard to Baltimore makes the utmost sense, but we'll see if that happens, man. This has just been crazy. We're still going, man. San Francisco, ha ha Clinton Dix. You know, every time I say that name now, Tater comes into my, Dude, that, that's, that's Tater miles boy right there. How do you pronounce the name? Ha ha Clinton Dix. I mean, it's just <laughs> glorious. You guys don't know Tater miles go on Twitter and go follow Tater miles. He is just too funny. Travis Benjamin and Wayne Gallman also get released from the 49ers today, Chris. And I mean, we, we talked about Gallman today. You go ahead, man. Cause this yeah. was a great, this was your point. It was a great one. Yeah. With, so with Gallman, you know, still a young running back, I think he's going to latch on somewhere. Um, but what this does, is this gives an even better potential opportunity to Trey Sermon who will still be the RB2, you know, behind Raheem Mostert, but without Gallman taking away touches, I think this is a great chance for the rookie to come in and solidify his role as the RB2, potentially taking over as the lead back throughout the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was I was thinking it, and you basically called it out, so credit goes to where it's due. It's like, you know, shotgun. Um, but, I mean, Wayne Gallman, to me, he's he's a good back. I, I Okay, you know, he's not great at anything, but, I mean, we saw what he could do when he got the volume, and he looked like it was uh, Clemson days at Gallman. So I, I really hope he goes. And here's another one, another guy that could latch on with the Baltimore Ravens uh, and, and be somewhat productive, in my opinion. But we'll see how that goes, man. Tennessee, they drop JV and Hawkins. He stays there for, what, four days after being picked up from Atlanta? And, and he's, Atlanta, yeah. he, he's gone, and, and so is Des Fitzpatrick. They wave him today, but again, I think that is a practice squad move more than anything. I, I agree, especially with Hawkins, too. Um, 
the guy's got the talent. I really want to see him land someplace that will actually utilize him. So I think this could be a good opportunity for him. I agree. I, I hope I hope to see him playing football this season because he is a good running back. The Washington football team. Last one on this big list of names that we would know that the people would know is Gandy Golden, your boy. They cut him. Antonio, they let him go, man. I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure after the plays that he was making, he was he was a surefire bet to make this 53. Dude, especially after they let go Sims, I was like, ooh, maybe that's a great opportunity for Gandy Golden. Guess who else was wrong? This guy. <laughs> you know what, man? I've got like four dents on me today, man. Like, I, it hurts. This you shit. didn't have a good day today with no, cuts. No, no. Today <laughs> with my rookies, man, it was just not a good day. But hey, we all have good ones. We all have bad ones. To hell with everybody who uh, disrespects me. Peyton Barber also gets the uh, the cut today. The TD Vulture is gone, buddy. This this is glorious for, for Antonio Gibson. I, I, I'm so happy with this move. I'm grateful. We actually had a question um, earlier on uh, on Patreon. We, you know, we have a lot of people that, that come in uh, and ask questions about trades, sit starts and whatnot. And we had one gentleman uh, who actually had asked about a potential trade that he had. And it was, uh, should I trade Austin Eckler for George Kittle and Antonio Gibson? And he already had TJ Hawkinson on his roster. And I told him, I said, you know, normally I would say no, because you already have a really solid tight end option. But I was like, I absolutely love Antonio Gibson. So I was like, make the trade and then try to flip Hawkinson later on. Because right now for me, I have Antonio Gibson. I moved him all the way up to my RB nine so mm. far this season. And I still think that's a little bit low. Like I could absolutely see him. If he gets the passing workload that I hope he can get and JD McKissick doesn't eat into that. Mm -hmm. I could see Antonio, Antonio Gibson as a RB six, RB seven this year. No doubt, man. P full PPR. He is going to be a baller. If Ron Rivera is, is true to his word saying he wants to replicate CMC in that respect, I mean, it has everything showing. I mean, this, you know what the Gandy Golden thing kind of makes me angry is that they kept Adam Humphreys, if I'm not mistaken. And, and why would you do that? I, I mean, the oh, why? only, right. the only thing, the only thing I could, I, I could come up with in my head was uh, veteran leadership outside of that. What are you doing? Gandy Golden could definitely be better, uh, a, a, a way better producer than what uh, uh, Gandy Golden, Gandy Golden's going to be way better than Adam Humphreys, what I'm trying to say. You know, you know who else is going to be better than Adam Humphreys this season? Diami Brown. Diami Brown. Of course he is. I, 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 this move just baffled me, man. I just, I didn't get it, but it's time to take a breath, man, because that is like the notable names that were cut today. That was a dude. You were just, you were like rapid fire there. Well that done. Was a, that was a lot, man. You know, Frank, I got to take a drink. You I'm, I'm going to have it. I'm going to, I'm going to have a drink for you're you. You're going to have a drink first. And then, and then you're going to make yeah. me just sit here and sweat it out as we continue down headlines, man, around the league, baby. We got some moves and you know what? The first one I see is a defensive back movement. We got two things happening today, man. Sidney Jones, he gets traded to Seattle. They're taking a flyer. I mean, Jones is starting to move around the league a little bit. I mean, it kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. He was a high draft pick. I liked him a lot. And the other one today was uh, Malcolm Butler. The Zona places him on the reserve retire list out of the blue. Yeah. Um, what the hell is going on today with the defensive backs? I don't know, but it's not a good day for him. And I mean, look at Malcolm Butler. You know, he went from you know, being on top of the world, you know, winning the Super Bowl for the New England Patriots in such a dramatic fashion to just absolutely plummeting because he started to realize that he's not a true number one quarterback and he needs help behind him in order to be productive. Yeah, you guys have been saying that all this time, man. And I mean, 
it took me a while to, to listen up because I mean, I, I really did buy in after he played very well and then had a second or the, after the Super Bowl year, he had a pretty decent year, but yeah, I don't know about this man. Um, Malcolm Butler, that leaves a big hole in Arizona's defense. That, that's some scary stuff there in their secondary. You now. I mean, yeah, especially where they, you know, they lost Patrick Peterson, who's, you know, getting up there in age anyway, but this is a defense that is going to be, you know, cause the offense is there but they need the defense to really start to catch up. Yeah, that, that rushing upside, man, from their defensive line and linebackers is going to have to balls out because they're going to have to cover up all the inadequacy that is on that back end. It does not look good. Your boy, your boy is back, man, resurrected from the dead. Should I pull out my Phoenix? I think I might have to. He's like a Phoenix rising from the sun. Chris Herndon, man, he comes back. He gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings to cover this Irv Smith injury, and you get to have at least maybe six games of Herndon glory. I mean, Herndon and Kirk cousins. I mean, I, I don't want to say it, but I, I mean, Brady Gronk esque here. No, I'm just oh, messing yeah. with you guys. It's not, <laughs> it's not even to be close to not that. Even. that. <laughs> um, but that's how but much you I love will, the guy. You want to put him on that I, pedestal. I will say that I, um, I, I do think that getting Herndon is a better option than Conklin right now. And, I just, I mean, obviously, is, is Irv Smith still going to be the guy? Absolutely. For me, it's still Irv Smith season, but I do think that Herndon is going to be a nice filler, you know, for the time being. But with Irv Smith out, that also could be a really great boost to Dalvin Cook and his potential receiving opportunities as well. And that's where I'm going all day long. I think that this Herndon move just fills a need. And I don't think he's going to be utilized as heavily as we think. He'll, he'll have some sprinkles here and there right. unless unless he just completely dominates and shows the Vikings that, hey, you know what? I am this guy that was underutilized or under or underappreciated in New York. But I mean, until Irv Smith comes back, I think that this is everything to do with even up and up the, the JJ's, the Adam Thielen's and, and Dalvin. Absolutely. I think that target share, that volume that would go to Irv Smith this year, I think is all going to get uh, dispersed among those three guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you because you, you're going to use the best players that you have, you know, and Herndon is just, I mean, like you said, he's going to be a filler. He's not the best pass blocker. He's not going to be on the field as much as people may think, mm -hmm. you know? So I just think that it's going to go to the other guys, but he lives, man. I had to give it to you. He lives. He's the Phoenix today. This week. at least for five or six, at least for like five or six weeks, and five then we'll see or six happens. weeks. Yeah. He's the Phoenix. Yeah. But after that, you know, he's probably going to go diving back into the sun and we won't ever hear from him again. You know, one guy I don't ever want to hear from again, and I'm going to be straight up is Evan Ingram, man. I'm, I'm done. I've been oh, done. God, yeah. I've been done. And I, now he makes me even more done because he is already now on the injury report. Calf injury uncertain for week one. When are people going to quit this guy, man? Because I get the talent. I get his ability. I get what he does on the field. But the risk to re-injury every single season, the risk to value to return on investment you, you do for fantasy football I mean, get the hell out of here with this. I'm done. I don't even want to talk about him anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, I completely understand your frustration. He was somebody who I was so high on for a long time. But it, I mean, just the, like you said, the injuries, you know, especially going, you know, starting in 2018, then following 2019, he played all, all of 2020, you know, thankfully, but he was still banged up throughout the season. Mm -hmm. But now that he starts the year off injured again, I mean, why, what, what are you drafting him for? Like, are you not drafting him as your tight end one? Like that would, I mean, there's literally no reason for you to do that. 
So like maybe you're in a tight end premium league and you're just kind of taking a flyer. But even if you do take a flyer on him, you're still going to have to draft him as your tight end too from where he's going in your ADP. So, I mean, they're, they're just eight other guys I'd rather have over him. What's his current ADP right now? I don't have that list in front of me. He's going in the middle of the 12th round right now. So he's going okay, right around. Fair enough. Which, which is fine, but he's also going ahead of guys like Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, all guys I would much rather have over Evan Ingram. See, you know what I like about that, though, at this point, is that his, his value is at least falling, and th- that's appropriate because everybody now is understanding my argument, my frustration. And it's, I'm not just saying it's me that's altering these ADP sheets, but I'm saying at least everybody's starting to get where I'm coming from because I was talking about this even last year. Fine, I get it. You know, he played all years, but, I mean, look what came with that. He, he did play hurt how many times, and how many passes did he actually drop and miss when you actually needed him to be your mm-hmm. guy? I'm I'm done. I can't I can't have any but, argument where I can promote this man right now anymore. You know what, Chelsea? Though maybe that just means that you, as a fantasy football analyst, are starting to really directly affect these current ADPs. Oh. You know, and not all fantasy football analysts out there can do that. Oh, you I also want to put a disclaimer. I also want to put a disclaimer out there that no fantasy football analyst is going to <laughs> manipulate or to redirect. ADPs. It's not how it, that's not how it works. I think it's okay. funny because you, you got exactly where I was going with that. Well done, sir. That is an inside joke, a Twitter thing that we had seen and we kind of laughed about, but I mean, you're very sharp today. I have to give you the thumbs up, man. I don't know if it was like cups of Are, coffee. Are you kidding me? No, after, after as many drinks as I've had already, I'm shocked that I even got that one. <laughs> oh man. Something's still moving around right now. It's, it's good stuff. T. Hilton, man, he finds himself on the injured Uh, list again. And this mother's killing me, too. And I was, you know, this was my last straw for him, too, because I'm like, I even said it, what, maybe a couple shows ago. T.Y. Hilton, he's staying healthy, and he has some upside and ability with Carson Wentz. Now I look like a complete idiot. Thank you, T.Y., because now you got a neck injury. They're saying it's multiple weeks, but the fear is it could be season-ending. And, I mean, you can't touch this at all. And everything uptick-wise goes now to Paris and Pittman. Absolutely. With his age, with his recent injury history, I mean, unless he's playing the Houston Texans at home in Houston, you know, or sorry, on the road in Houston, I'm not touching T.Y. Hilton because that's the only time he ever has a really good game lately. So for me, no, he's not even draftable as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you got to you got to stay away. And the other one is Naheem, man. I'm I'm on board with Naheem with this, too. I think, you know, yeah. the, that target share is actually going to get floated around to those three. And then you sprinkle in a little bit of Zach Pascal and maybe some others. But, I mean, I like this Colts offense, Chris. I still do. I think, you know, Carson Wentz with the run-heavy JT and Naheem and these guys, I think Frank Reich adjusts and they go a little bit more West Coast. They go short passing and they try to do it with their feet. Absolutely. And we saw in training camp, we saw uh, Jonathan Taylor catch more passes, being utilized a little bit more in the receiving game. So I do think that, you know, with somebody like T.Y. coming out, you know, with his older age, his dot has not been as high as it normally has been. And for those of you who may not know what that is, dot is just average depth of target, you know, how far down the field a receiver is being targeted. Um, so it definitely helps out with somebody, you know, like, like, a, like a Pittman. But I also do think that it's going to help somebody like a Jonathan Taylor mm. going into his second year being utilized a little bit more in the receiving game, you know, especially where, Naheem Hines, that's kind of his role. They did bring back Marlon Mack on that one-year deal, but that's kind of just like a, I think for like an insurance in case they really needed him. Mm -hmm. But the love, love it all for JT. 
So here's a question I have for you, player versus player. Who would you rather have for your flex spot as we sit today Ooh. for upside for the rest of the season, Naheem Hines or Paris Campbell? Mm. I've been, I've been if, struggling with this one all day. Yeah, so for me, if T.Y. Hilton is going to be missing more than three or four weeks, I'm probably going Paris Campbell because he's going to be on the field more than Naheem Hines will be. Okay. No, I, I he's gonna get he's he's gonna get the snaps. You fair know? enough. Fair enough. Yeah, because he's never gonna leave the field. I get it, barring health. Right. But yeah, maybe maybe you convince me that way because I'm sitting here struggling with it. I'm like, man, even if you had because RB depth is hard to get, right? So even if you do and you keep Hines on your bench, I mean, it's a tough one. But I, I like where you're going with that one. I think Paris is the right way to go as well. Man, I don't know what is going on today. This is like the curse of all days for for Chouse because Kenny Galladay, man, another one of my players. What is going on today? I'm about to do the airing of grievances in a second. I got some problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about them because all my players are getting injured. Kenny Galladay, man, still with the hamstring. This guy's killing me, Chris. He's killing me. I'm telling you right now, Kenny Galladay, the fact that this hammy is just lingering, it's not getting better. Not, I'm not drafting him. I, I mean, honestly, right now, now, great. His ADP is higher than it should be. He's going around the end of the sixth round, but where I currently have him ranked, I probably wouldn't touch him until the 10th or I would say 11th round is where I would probably be okay taking him. Yeah. It's, I, I can't defend it anymore. I, I, he's, you know what this is like? It's like that girl that cheated on you and came back and, you know, she apologized and, you know, rubbed your head and said sorry. And, and you know, you got all comfortable and you're like, yes, this is okay. And then she went out and cheated on you again. And then you're like, ah, you know, why'd you do that? And now she comes back again. This is how I feel. This is, this is the hurt feelings that I got over here. Yeah, Stephanie was. Oh, sorry. No, never mind. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving um, on, man. But this is not. The I, show. I, 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 I completely agree with you, though. I mean, it's because he's he, the talent is there. He's such a stud when he's healthy. But it's like, okay, well, recently, like when he's when is he even healthy? Like when can yeah, I actually yeah. depend on this man? And with we saw it with Julio Lester with a hamstring injury. I get it that Galdi is much younger, but a hammy is still a hammy. And no thanks. Yeah, I'm no, I'm I, I'm at the point now. It's I'm I'm out unless value returns it to me. But yep, you're making my my defense on you, Kenny, a little bit harder every single week, buddy. And I just don't like it. DJ Chark, man, hand injury, Marvin Jones, shoulder injury, both looking like they're uh, mm. gearing up for week one. Are we trusting this? I was sitting here looking at this one today, and I'm like, can I trust this? I don't know anymore. I like them both as flex options, like wide receiver three, you sure. know, flex options for me. And I have them both ranked very, very closely to each other, just within three or four spots, you know, with, uh, with, with Jones kind of getting the edge there. I like Jones for the, for the veteran presence, you know, and with the injuries, if either one of them do happen to miss an extended period of time, that just boosts LaVisca Chenault even more, you know, especially with the ETN injury. Mm -hmm. So but for me, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with taking either of these guys currently where they're being drafted, probably more with Marvin Jones because he's going about a round and a half, two rounds later than DJ Chark. So for me, I probably would end up going with Jones over Chark. Yeah, okay. And are you starting in week one? Uh, no, I I'm honestly with them. Where I would probably draft them, I would have somebody higher where they would be on my bench and I'd want to see where things go. If they have a couple of good weeks, they actually would be somebody that I would probably try to just sell high on 
you know, for better depth on my roster. I love it. See, you're, you're the same page every time. I can't fault you for it, man. It's beautiful. Here, I got to eat this one because I've been saying forever Funches. <laughs> and Jake has always said, never Funches. Never, never Funches. <sighs> Mr. Hubman wins on this one because I was, you know, I'm playing, <laughs> I'm playing a little bit more with the forever thing. But I mean, I was rooting for this guy. And well, again, yeah. What the hell happened to him? Like, seriously, what happened? I mean, I don't know. The same thing that happened to Kelvin Benjamin, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just it's and the Jordan curse of the Panthers. Yeah, Jordan <laughs> they, Howard. I mean, shit they're, just, they're, they're, they're guys that had all these physical abilities and they just didn't pan out to being a professional football player. Poster boys for two year NFL careers. This is this is what it is. Tariq Cohen, speaking of injuries and pup lists, uh, he, he starts yeah. on the pup. This one is a big one, though. And this is a big topic of conversation because we have been preaching up uh, David Montgomery like a mo freak on this show all offseason. I was worried about Cohen coming back, but this knee sounds like it's a little bit more uh, not wanting to heal, for lack of a better way to say that. It's not wanting to heal to the expectation they thought it was going to do by this point of the offseason starting the season. He's out for at least six games, man. And everything now to me is saying, Monty, you better load up, baby, because I have shares of you everywhere. And and this is just opening the door for all that to come to fruition. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you look at the, the, the splits from last season, now granted that Montgomery only played, what, three games with, with Cohen last season. Mm-hmm. But all of the numbers from last season were just astronomical, especially towards the end of the season when Montgomery really started to get a, a big workload. But once Tariq Cohen went out last season, from weeks four through 17, Montgomery was the overall RB4 in half PPR formats. In the first three weeks of the season with Cohen, Montgomery wasn't even in the top 20. He was down to like 22 or 23. So if Montgomery can get a full workload, I mean, we obviously know what his ceiling can be. You know, is that RB4 kind of a player? I, I'm not comfortable putting him as my RB4. Sure. But, you know, top top 10, top 11? Absolutely. I think top 10 is easily doable for Montgomery if he's given a full workload for the majority of the year. Does Damian Williams' uh, role factor into any type of fear for you at this point? Yes and no. And I say that just because, like, in Kansas City, he didn't really worry me all that much. And I don't think he's going to be that much of a factor with David Montgomery to take away that workload because Damon Williams isn't the receiving back that Tariq Cohen is. So I think that Montgomery could still be getting that workload. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, the only reason why I say it is because I actually like the dynamic with both of them. Even if uh, Williams comes in to spell Monty at any point, they don't necessarily have to alter their game plan where you would kind of for, for Tariq. You know that he's going to be more pass heavy. So you, you likely know it's going to be a passing down with Cohen in the backfield. But I mean, for this, I think this is a great move for, for Coach Nagy excuse me, in his system, because now you can be more multidimensional. And on top of that, I don't even dislike the fact if it's Andy Dalton or uh, Justin Fields. Will no, we see? I'm, I'm right there with you. Right. Will we see higher upside with with Justin Fields? Sure. But I mean, Andy Dalton is this guy. He's proven to do it, man. So, I mean, all the haters that want us that want Andy on the bench. I get it. It's all about Justin Fields. But, you know, don't let it, you know, cloud your judgment fantasy football wise, because Andy supported A.J. Green Andy supported baller guys and they were all stars. So Alan Robinson and David Montgomery, baby, I am eating 
all day long. And, and these are my guys this season. Let's, let's not fail me now, boys. Let's not fail. Next one I got, man, is Mr. Kenny Gainwell. I mean, here's the good news. The fact that, that Jordan Howard got released, the fact that it's only really three running backs in this room right now, Chris, it is Miles Sanders, it is Kenny Gainwell, and it is Boston Scott. I like this for Gainwell a lot, man. This tells me that they actually got more comfortable as this preseason started to move forward. I've been a Kenny guy mm-hmm. this whole time. Yep. I, always, I always wanted it to be Miles and Kenny. Miles and Kenny, 60-40 split. I think that would be absolutely beneficial in this offense. I mean, where do you see this going? Because I think he could be viable by, like, week six. I think he could be. And I think also a lot of it is going to depend on when, you know, if if Miles Sanders is going to be able to stay healthy. I do think that Boston Scott, I love Boston Scott's, you know, ability. And I remember when you and I were doing the, uh, the scouting report on Kenny on Kenny Gainwell, we were talking about this guy. And the thing that was crazy was that, you know, he played co- quarterback in high school. He had never really been a feature back, you know, at all, especially like even in, in Memphis, mm-hmm. but the guy has great speed. He's a, a excellent re- receiver. And he's a guy that they had lined up in the slot quite a bit at Memphis. They had him really as a receiving back and he had a really high grade for a lot of the rookie running backs coming into this class. So I do think that it eventually, as he gets more used to the NFL game, like we see with a lot of rookie running backs, once the game starts to slow down a little bit, mm-hmm. I think he can absolutely overtake Boston Scott as the RB2 and start to compete with Miles Sanders, you know, for more touches if Miles Sanders starts to falter a little bit, kind of like what we saw from him last season. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think I think that the whole point is, is that Boston Scott will still have a role. And, and he, 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 I love his heart, man. When you talk about guys like, mm. uh, he's like a Tariq Cohen type, man. Like, uh, what do you call it? Darren Sproles type. These guys, you just, you want them on your team because they're just awesome locker room guys. But for me in this, in this backfield, I think for what Philly needs to do with Jalen Hurts and these wide receivers, they have Gainwell's your guy, man. You could be so multifaceted. I love it, man. I love it all day long. I think I was going to say, I think running the option, you know, that those RPOs with, with Hertz and Gainwell Ooh. would be absolutely phenomenal because of the speed and the quickness that he has. He's not a big guy. So I am a little bit worried about durability and injuries, mm-hmm. but I think you could have, you know, some certain packages set up for him where they could excel. Totally agree. I, I love it, man. Quickly, quickly, because we got redraft games and we're already going over the clock like crazy again. Saquon Barkley. Does he play week one? Are they messing with us again? And the people need to know, man, because they're asking. What are we thinking? Because I'm losing my marbles with this, too. So the Giants have come out and said that they aren't going to make a decision on Barkley until next week. Giants, the fucking season starts next week. and You're not going to make a decision until next week? You bastards. Just let us know. You've been messing with us all year, man. So right now. And I, I'm a little embarrassed to say this. I have Saquon. I dropped Saquon Barkley down to my RB8. Ooh. He's my RB8 you right now. You hypocrite son of a bitch. I honestly, I, you, know, you know who I blame? The Giants. Because they won't give me a freaking straight answer. I don't know if he's going to play the first week or maybe the second week or not. For all I know, they could screw us and put him on the pup, you know, with the last second. But I will say this. The Giants offensive line worries me a bit. Um, I need to see what what... Danny Penny's can actually do because we know the talent's there and I know Barkley can come back from this injury, but I just need a little bit more transparency. No, I get it, man. I I'm stressing. I'm getting gray hairs on the daily from this. 
Barkley's such a big part of my team, man. One of my keeper teams. Like it's just mm. he's, he's a massive part of this. And if he's not going to play, he puts me in a really big bind where other players are going to have to do this. And I know a lot of players out there, fantasy players owning uh, Barkley at this point feel the exact same way as I do. I'm with you guys. We're stressing together. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a long week. I'll tell you that much. It's crazy to think that his current ADP in 12 team leagues is the 10th overall pick. This was a top two pick last season, you know, and the mm-hmm. fact that he's dropped all the way down to the 110. I mean, for, for me, if I'm at the 110, you have some you have some decisions to make. You either have to take Barkley, Aaron, jo- sorry, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, or maybe Jonathan Taylor. And that's a tough decision to See? make if you're if you're an owner at that end. And remember when we were talking about the redraft game where I said Chubb over over Barkley at that point? Yeah, it's warranted right now because of fear and health. And I don't know, man, this is not good. I don't like it at all. Let's play some redraft games to get the juices going because people are drafting, Chris. Oh, Chouse, my juices have been flowing for a while. (laughs) Oh, man, wipe your chin and move on. Come on. Redraft games, baby. Redraft. Here we go. Quarterbacks. I got some tough ones today, man. Herbert or Aaron Rodgers, Chris. What are you doing? I'm taking Herbert. Really? I know it's it's weird to go against the reigning MVP of the league. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm giving I'm giving the edge to the young gun. And I say that because I think that the the Packers defense is better than the Chargers. And I think that Herbert is gonna have to throw his way back into games a little bit more than Aaron Rodgers is going to have to. Interesting call, because you know what? The way I look at this right now, Aaron Rodgers wants everything to prove right now. They screwed him over. They had all that thing. I think Rodgers is going to be lights out this year, and he's going to challenge for that MVP again. I love me some Herbert. I do. But, I mean, based on how everything went down, my lean slightly is going towards Mr. Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, don't hate your Herbert take whatsoever. We just don't agree. Matthew Stafford or your boy, Tom Brady? Oh, it's Tommy touchdown all day. All day, Tommy touchdown. Oh, you know what, man? Why don't you know why? Because Tom Brady has the entire band coming back together. Okay. He, he brought back every single starter and with Tampa Bay, granted, they got a phenomenal, phenomenal defense. But when you look at what Brady did towards the end of last season, when the, the entire team was starting to come together, he was playing lights out. The guy was averaging 25 fantasy points a game from week 13 on through the end of the season. And so for me, it's it's got to be him. Like, I understand Stafford has a much better offense this year, but I'm not... Every time somebody doubts Brady, he proves them wrong, and I refuse to be that person. <laughs> your, your love for Brady, man. Just get off it already, okay? Just get off his, you know what, man? Just stop it, okay? I won't even, we'll, we'll move on. Do, would you like to make your case for Stafford? <laughs> no, I'm just going to side pass this whole thing, man, because your love for Tom Brady completely is going to take away any point that I can make. Kirk Cousins are Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, give me Tua. Tua is slowly creeping into my top 12 in my quarterback rankings right, right? now. I mean, he's looked really good in the in, in camp preseason. What he's done, you know, coming back from this hip injury, he's just getting more and more removed from it and becoming the player we all thought he was going to be when I had him as my number one quarterback over Joe Burrow before the hip injury even happened. Mm-hmm. The weapons around him are phenomenal. The defense is young and up and coming. 
I love the Dolphins of what they can do, and I do think that Tua is the guy to get them there. I, I'm in agreement. It is Tua for me as well. I love it. Here's here's a couple ones. You're gonna answer these quick now because I think I already got your answer. Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook? Alvin Kamara. Don't even have to talk about it because we already discussed it. Alvin Kamara or CMC? I'm still going Kamara. You son of a gun, are you? I am. CMC is my RB2. Kamara is my RB1. Wow. The kahunas on this guy right now, man. They're, they're falling to the floor. That's how grande they are right now, man. That's because it's been really humid here. It's a hot day. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Javante or Gaskin? Oh, I'm going. Oh, son of a bitch. I literally have the ranks right next to each other, <laughs> but I'm going Javante. Yes. Uh, I, have, I, have them, I have them both in my top, like right near the end of my top 25, and I have Javante with the quick edge. Yes, we're on the yep. same page. I'm with Javante too. I mean, for me, it's, you know what? As much as I say salve on this, salve on that, I mean, Gaskin is the guy. He's going to be the guy. He's going to get majority share. But, I mean, you, you can't take away the point that Salvan's going to get some work and Brown is going to get some goal line. So, for me, it's Javante all day. Here we go. Wide receivers, man. Last three to finish this off, man. Keenan Allen or grown-ass man, A.J. Brown? Again, two guys I've got back-to-back in my rankings, but I'm not backing off the grown-ass man, A.J. Brown. I'm still giving him the edge. The man is just he's – he's my wide receiver eight. Allen's my wide receiver nine. And I know Julio's going to take away some targets, but I love Brown and what he can do. I'm, I'm etching just a tad toward the PPR upside. If, if you're full PPR, I think I'm going Keenan. If you're half to lower, I think I'm going AJ. I think that's where I'm at mm-hmm. right now. Chris Godwin or Cooper Cup? Oh, I like me. I like me some Chris Godwin, to be honest with you. Love what the offense can do in Tampa Bay. I know that Mr. Consistency, you know, is, is Cooper Cup, but I do think that, uh, you know, Godwin another year with Tom Brady is going to be able to do that. And I think that's going to be a little more consistent because of the inconsistent we see, in, sorry, inconsistency we saw with Mike Evans, majorly, you know, kind of getting those red zone touches. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's a, it's a difficult one because as the offseason continues to move forward, and I saw even the last preseason game, how effortless that they're, they're moving that ball down the field in Tampa Bay. I mean, Godwin, to me, barring health, I think is the, is the key right now. And I think he's going to be a, a lot higher than what his ADP currently shows. He's going to finish the year a lot higher than where he started. That's for sure. Agreed. I just need him to kind of shore up those drops that he had towards the end of last season. Absolutely. Clean it up. Darnell Mooney or uh, Chenault? Oh, I'm team Mooney, baby. Yes. Give, give me team Mooney. Ooh. I love I love the potential of Chenault. Don't get me wrong. But I'm I'm full Mooney right now. Oh my man, it's Mooney all day long for me too. God man, see when we end the show on a positive note, it's like this hour and a half just flew by. It didn't even feel like an hour and a half. It, it, it might for our listeners, but for us, it was like <laughs> it was like five minutes, man, because that's what we did. Yeah. Great stuff as always. Good luck to all y'all in your drafts. I hope you guys score very well. And, and I mean, you know what? It's a long season. So even if your draft doesn't go as well, the waiver wire is your best friend and we are here all season long, right? Exactly. And if for whatever reason, if your season doesn't go well and you want to start looking into dynasty, make sure you guys are, are subscribing to our Patreon because on Patreon, we do have a dynasty football podcast that's hosted by none other than our very own Kane Fossil and Dr. Ethan Turner. Every week you can catch them over on Patreon talking dynasty football. 
letting you know exactly what you need. Absolutely. Those guys are balling it out over on the Dynasty content. We had some sprinkles here and there. Those guys are killing it, so definitely go subscribe, man. But before we get out of here, Jake has got an important message, so listen up. Yeah, real quick, though, before we get out of here, I want to take a quick second here, Chris, and I want to make sure I shout out our, our partners here for the year at Fantrax.com. I mean, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, hands down, right now, offering the greatest fantasy experience for you, uh, for your dynasty keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play, they have you covered. And we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks, but you can set up your account now and it's 100% free. So head over to fantracks.com slash headliners, sign up for that free account, and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges Totally looking forward to that, but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now, fantracks.com slash headliners. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.